Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So, Just the two of us this week. Uh, Lavender Gooms mm-hmm. had to take care of some personal business. Uh, hopefully have him back next week. Um, so you got me and Mark here to break down the fights from this past weekend, you know, where we all got a little sad. Even though we all knew the result was going to happen, the main. You didn't look up any holidays for today in honor of Mike. You know what? I realizing <laughs> we probably could have done that. You know what? Here's the fucking holiday, bro. My birthday was yesterday. That's the holiday. That's true. Yeah, that's that's the holiday. Beha- birthday. Yeah, and uh, that's good enough. That works. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll go with the historical point of view. Okay, mm. of what's happened in uh, in February sixth and on February sixth. Okay, I know it's February sixth. That's something okay. we talk about, but. We signed a peace treaty in the Spanish-American War in 1899. Okay. Okay. What else we got? We got. Well, the- what about on the seventh? I, I don't know why Mike does today. No one cares about today. It's in the past, Bobby. We gotta keep. Okay, gotta tomorrow. For us. Okay. No one cares. And tom- uh, tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> today, today, Bobby. We gotta talk about like it's happening today. today. I'm, you're, you're, to you're getting me all turned. Around. You're getting me all turned around. Okay. <laughs> it's the seventh. Everyone knows that. Listening. <laughs> That's true. You know what we can say? We can say happy birthday to Garth Brooks on February seventh. Yeah, sure. We can say happy go. birthday to Chris Rock. We can say oh, yeah. I would have led with that one, but sure. Well, I'm just going like in terms of old to young. <laughs> yeah, okay. Whatever, yeah. You know, we can go happy birthday to Robert Schmeigel, who I believe is Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Okay, I was gonna say you're you're sounding like the UFC pay per view card where you started strong, Bobby. Now we're getting into the well, month, like I'm right? doing I what know. I can, man. I'm doing. I can't. I can't just lie about people's birthdays. Happy birthday to the lady from Daredevil, Deborah Ann Wool plays Karen. I think her oh, name is. Okay. I, I, yeah, I know her. She's cool. Yeah, she, she was also in D stuff. She was in the True Blood show. People like that too. I never saw that. Happy one, birthday. But... To, okay, that's enough. And happy birthday to Kelso. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Ashton Kutcher. There we go. Mike, we need oh, your back. Okay, okay. We're struggling over here with the days. That was decent. That was decent birthdays. No, no real holidays. Yeah, I can tell you who died birthdays. too, but I think that show would really take a turn at that okay, point. <laughs> I think we're done with this segment. Let's move on. Um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, UFC, which was on so late, but I was watching because hell, man, your boy makes money gambling on MMA. He loses it all on football. So once we get past Sunday, Mark... We're going to make money until the fall. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you got skin in the game, it kind of, you know. Oh, that was the reason we were watching. money while you're asleep. Yeah, my girlfriend was thrilled that we it, were it, watching Derek Lewis fight for it no reason. Does, it does sound good to be making some money while you sleep, though. I mean, that's not a bad I did think about that. I'm like, if I woke in, up but, and I'm like, I'd won like 100, woke up to like 100 bucks, I'd be like, that's good to start go. the day. Happy birthday to Bobby. <laughs> you know what? It, it did go. It did happen past midnight, ultimately. So it did, really yeah. was my birthday anyway. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about Derek Lewis getting big brothered by uh, Sergey Spivak and a couple other interesting mm-hmm. things on that card. Talk about Bellator um, returning to CBS and, you know, putting on a three-fight card that I think in general did okay. Um, okay. Especially when we had a five-round fight in the middle there. 
not a bad five round fight, but a, you know, okay, five round fight. Mm-hmm. So maybe going three fights, maybe smart in uh, that regard. Well, they they played that game before Strike Force, right? And they had three titles, and they all went five rounds. Yeah, right? this did one, they all go five rounds. With, uh, yeah, I think it did. Like a ten, like a Jake well, Aoki Melendez. Was it Jake was it Aoki Melendez or was it? Oh, Menlin, I wasn't Aoki Melendez. It was it good. Anderson? No, I think you're right because it wasn't good either. I think that's why it was stuck out. Aoki Melendez. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Um, but it was like Shields and Hendo, which was cool for the first 12 seconds when Hendo clubbed Shields. And then, well, then Shields went into a yeah. wet, bl- wet blanket mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jake Shields, man. Thinking about it makes me sad now. Okay. Um, we're talking a little bit about that. <laughs> we'll talk about Derek Lewis and uh, how rough that went. Uh, we're talking about some of the news this week, including. We at least know what Conor McGregor is doing next. We don't know when his fight is necessarily, True. but mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we got some clarification on the tough thing. So the UFC uh, using Tony Ferguson to probably get Michael Chandler for less money. Um, so my guess what happened there. Probably. So well done. Seems like it worked out. I think it's better. I think him and Chandler was a little more interesting. That, I mean, that's we'll a fight we've been but... kind of talking about for like a while now. Like that seems like the right move. Mm-hmm. Just um. And I think it's not necessarily a bad fight for Connor, but I think we'll know real quickly. You know, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I honestly we'll get into yeah. it. Like Chandler fights a lot, like Eddie. Yeah, it just depends. I think Connor it depends never looks better if a version of Connor comes back. Eddie. I think we're on the same page with this fight. To be honest, when we talk about it, we'll yeah. get to that. And then a couple other interesting fights, including Arnold Allen just laying his nuts out there in an attempt to get a title shot, and a couple other cool things. Um, but let's get into it. Marcus, I think we should probably lead off with Bellator because, quite frankly, it was the more relevant fight card, I think, this week. Sure, yeah. Uh, we saw the end of, uh, I guess, you know, I know we all say Pride never die and Pride, but there people like Pride's been dead for 10 years. It's kind of hard. I think this was a yet another day Pride died, um, especially the way mm-hmm. Bellator treated it with, like, all the legends going to the fight. With I'm talking about Fedor losing and retiring, folks. Um, mm-hmm. Two and a half minutes of fighting Ryan Bader. Which he lasted, I think, six times as or five times as long as he did the first time, because um, the first time yeah, he lost in like short. the first time he lost in thirty seconds. Though I'm saying, okay, yeah. okay, so you got One a little more ring time, time in here. Um, but you know, um, Marcus, I guess we can talk real quickly. Uh, if you want to go briefly, talk about what happened in the fight. I mean, nothing really surprising, I'd say. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, it, it was a lot of feeling out until they kind of got clinched up a little bit, and in the clinch, Bader, you know made enough room to kind of throw some punches. And what I kind of noticed is like, you know, Fader kind of did the big no, no. He kind of turned away from Ryan and he got cracked upside the side of the head. You know, he fell down and then, you know, Fader got on top of him, got in a good position. It was kind of like a half guard Mm -hmm. position. It was almost like Fedor was in like a fetal position kind of, and just went off, you know, just teed off. And, and, you know, uh, I think it was Herb was the referee on this one. He basically had to stop it. I mean, it was just like, it was, unanswered punches for about like 20 seconds and, and Bader had the space to really generate a lot of power. None of them seemed like, like he didn't go out or anything, but they're just like, these are too big of shots to let him continue. You know, and this guy's almost in his fifties. So like, yeah, there's nothing more to see at that point. Um, Yeah. And I guess um, best, and we said someone's the best heavyweight ever or the greatest heavyweight ever. And I, I, for me, I've always mm-hmm. tried to differentiate. This is my own personal thing where I, I kind of differentiate what who I think the best is versus who had, like, the greatest. When I talk about the greatest, for me, a lot of times greatest, I'm looking at, like, mm-hmm. totality of career, an impact of career and the mm-hmm. things you did. Rather, best, I'm more like, yo, man, skill-wise, best, like, in like this guy was the best. That's why I think, honestly, GSP is the greatest of all time. 
though John Jones might be the best fighter. You know, that type of logic. Anyway, back mm-hmm. to my original point here. Um, Fedor, a lot of people consider the best or greatest heavyweight of all time. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's hard. I think I, he used to be a conversation mark of like whether he was the best or greatest fighter of all time. I think he's fallen mm-hmm. behind on that conversation. Even with the heavyweight conversation, I think I think while if we if we retired, you know, nine years ago, yeah, Fedor is the Fedor is the greatest heavyweight of all time. I do think this last act or two of his career have been damaging. Like, I don't know, just my two cents. Um but you know, it's over now. We're looking back. I mean, when we talk about Fedor, I don't think you and I even talk about anything that's happened since Strike Force, honestly. And even then, it's minimal. What do you think of the lasting impact that this man is? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think in a sport like this, to to try to say like any fighter from back then in the early 2000s is like the best skill wise fighter is kind of foolish. And I think even with GSP, it'd be kind of tough. To, like, do you think GSP would have been beat Usman at Yeah, you know, no, every, I mean everybody primes? advances skill-wise so much every exactly, yeah, right, right like, yeah. you know for the era, um, I mean I guess what you can say about. is like there has been very few if any really like super dominant heavyweight champions. Like I think when you look at Stipe and say like oh he's the best UFC champ because he defended 3 times? I believe it's 3 three defenses, which that tells you something having 3 defenses is the record. Like it's the record, right? And then so, I mean, and you could say, like, oh, well, you know, Fader didn't go to the UFC. And Fader, I don't even know if he, I don't know how many times Fader actually defended. Yeah, I'll look that up while you're talking. Belt. I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, because he had, because Fader won nonsense. the belt and they had a lot of ex- ex- exhibition fights, yeah. right? Like, they, they were just smashing cans. Yeah. Um, but at that time, he was the longest reigning heavyweight champion in the most competitive organization in the world, right? Like, and you have to remember, while Fedor was dominating in pride, you know, newer fans who don't really understand that UFC was not the biggest organization. They did not have the best talent pool. You know, their heavyweight champion around that time was Tim Sylvia and Andre Orlovsky, right? And once pride did fold, yeah, Fedor fought Andre. He knocked him out, right? And he had a lot of other fights where he fought former champions and knocked them out as well. Yeah, Bob? Hey, so um, just so I understand, I want to make sure I'm clear with this. The tournaments, they didn't defend the mm-hmm. title until the end of the tournament because it looks like from what i can tell he won technically go ahead yeah because technically they were going after a gp belt Mm. because vanderlei lost to arona Mm. while he was middleweight champion but arona did not get the middleweight championship belt so right and then when shogun did win he got a grand prix belt so um, this is what it looks like he won the pride title Mm -hmm. from big nog Mm -hmm. and then he didn't defend it so this doesn't count as a defense but they had the no contest Mm -hmm. And then he fought Big Nog mm-hmm. again, so that's one defense. Then he defended mm-hmm. against Krokop, that's two defenses. And then his mm-hmm. third defense was Mark Hunt. All the other fights when he fought Mark Coleman, uh-huh. no belt on the line, mm-hmm. nothing against Kosaka, nothing against Ran- uh, Randomman was in a tournament, Coleman was in a tournament. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, not, not all these are can-crushing fights, obviously, I'm listing here. You know, there's Azula Zinho in there, mm-hmm. of course, but like... Yeah, that's a can. Three, but three, three, three defenses. Um, it's a different right. it's a different mentality also in Japan over there. We're like the UFC is not going to put a heavyweight champion in a fight where he's not going to defend the heavyweight title because what are we doing? That would be the argument. Exactly. So, so I mean, but even just on those base facts, mm-hmm. he w- won the Pride Heavyweight Championship. He defended it three times, as many as Stipe. Mm-hmm. He had a litany of fights in between those Absolutely. where he also won. So I, I think you know what he did in Pride was obviously his crowning achievement, right? After Pride, 
Um, and he went to Strike Force. He beat Brett Rogers. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a huge win for him. And then obviously he he lost to Verdum. And I think after that was Dan Henderson. And that's when the wheels big started knock. falling off. Not big knock, big knock, uh, big foot. Bigfoot. The Bigfoot one yeah, was Bigfoot worse. And then- I think I contend the Bigfoot one might have been the oh. worst one because the Verdum one. He got crushed. Yeah, the Verdum one was like, okay, well, you dove into the guard of a fucking jujitsu wizard. Like, and then, like, yeah, I mean, that being said, he did the same thing with Big Nog, who at the time was like the best yeah. submission no, guy. No, but like, in I mean, people kind of gave it a pass. I think. I think people are just like, oh, okay, well, he got caught. But yeah, yeah. The, 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 caught, big, the you know. Bigfoot one. He got taken down and got his ass beat for minutes yeah. on end. Like, it was disgusting yeah. what happened to his eye. It was a destruction. Yeah. But, I mean, it, go ahead, buddy. That all being said, yeah, like, his run in Pride was the highest level at that weight class that we've seen. I, I still think to this day of potentially anyone, because, like, I, Steep, I mean, and I think Steep A, you can, you can definitely look at that and be like, that's pretty well, I, close. But, but honestly, like, that, buddy, I think comparable. like we're having like a conversation that's not even really talking about truly what his impact is. Because like, yeah, just you're talking numbers of like this guy had this many defenses, this guy had this many. Sure, but we all yeah, think the yeah, world of Stipe. Fedor was a force of nature defending this belt in front of 90,000 people on the regular fighting. Like it's a whole mm-hmm. different era. It's impossible to compare people like that. But I think it's just good for him. The Like you got to think about like he was everybody's favorite fighter. Like he was like, him. And like you always heard like. People talk about who their favorite fighters were. It was like, they would ask UFC fighters at the time, who was your favorite? Or guy UFC fighters like, you know, GSP who came after him and stuff like that. Who's your favorite fighter? And it was always, from Pride, it was essentially like him, Shogun, another guy who retired, and then you'd hear like uh, Sakuraba from a lot of people. Like just the style of fighter mm-hmm. fighter was, was beloved by everybody because men didn't lose, but it wasn't exactly, you know, he wasn't fighting like George or Demetrius out there. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a different game back then for him. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, if you don't think he's one of the, the greatest fighters or a pioneer, I mean, everyone has their opinions, but um, I think it would be ignorant to, to say that he didn't have a lasting impression on the heavyweight division because he, he was top dog for so long. And, you know, and you can even say, like, when we all look at just skill, like, I don't think he was really regarded so highly because he was extremely skilled. He was. But I think really, you know, for me, what it came down to is like, he just found ways to win. Like he found himself in deep water multiple times. The Fujita fight, uh, Coleman got his back. Obviously, Kevin Randleman slammed him. You know, he had found himself in in bad positions, but always found some way to win, whether it was armbar or ground and pound or what have you. You know, he was he just knew how to get the job done. And that's very commend- commendable, you know, and I think eventually, you know, when he got up later in the years, he had a difficult time pulling those things out and maybe it tarnished his career. But I, I, for me, it's just like, I can't even look back and say like, Oh, you know, because of how he did later on when he was in his forties, I have to discredit all the things before, because even let's even take it back further than that. Look at the stuff he did in rings and who he fought in rings. You know, he fought a Carter Arona. His only loss was to TK by cut, which he avenged in pride. You know, I think throughout his career, until, you know, the wheels really fell off with Verdum, his only loss was with TK in that cut. Um, so he he had kind of an, like, um, not Islam, uh, like Habib. You know, a lot of people, even though he had the one loss, almost like a John Jones, like a lot of people didn't really credit it as him being defeated. He just got cut. You're, you're muted, Mike, uh, Bob. Habib? 
Habib went undefeated. Oh, I think he got a cut. I'm just like, uh, he had a loss. I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. Like, 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 I think a lot of people looked at Fedor like Habib because no one had been undefeated, mm. right? And even though he did have one loss by cut, mm. if you saw the fight, it was like a, it was a kind of a freak accident kind of thing. Is from I vaguely yeah. remember from was it like a ring. headbutt? But, thing, I mean, that I was thought? the thing. Was it like, like an accidental headbutt type shit? I, it yeah, was. I, I think it was like a headbutt that probably should have been a disqualification mm. or something or a no contest. Um, but that's kind of how people regarded him. It was like, not only is this guy just demolishing the top competition he really hasn't been beaten in a way that like someone bested him in combat it was you know a cut by headbutt or whatever and he did get that fight back um you know and that that tk fight was actually pretty um fun to watch because tk is a very prideful and and tough guy to 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 put out um so he gave fedor a lot of you know difficulties not like challenging him but like just durability um yeah and then even when we look at his whole career there was definitely that time where the wheels fell off after he lost to Dan Henderson. It was like, oh, things aren't looking good. But like, he went ten he had and two. That period where he kept fighting. Yeah, he went ten and, he and kept two, winning. Yeah, he went ten yeah, and two. Like they weren't. Do you know what it is, honestly, yeah. buddy? For me, at least, when it comes to like, and Shogun's the same way. And I'm gonna talk about. I was just mentioning Shogun. Like that was unfortunate too, the way he went out. I mean, that one seemed worse because the motherfucker was dancing on him. It felt like when the fight was over mm-hmm. too. That was a little uncomfortable. But like for me, when you like you get a guy like Shogun or Fedor or Anderson, where you're just like, okay. We are well. We are past the point where I'm like, this is not the same person to me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like pretty much for like, it's like I have not like, and not that it doesn't count. Like, but anything Anderson has done post snapping his leg in two for me, like, has kind of been like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, it, this doesn't. This isn't the same thing. Like for me, fade or everything he did mm-hmm. post the, the Dan Henderson putting him to those three losses has always gonna been like, okay, you know, this is not the same thing. You know, everything was Shogun probably post-2012 or, you know, whenever, you know, a fight or so after him and Hendo killed each other. You know, it's like you almost, almost got to separate it. Um, and, um, yeah, anyway, um, that happened on this card. They had all the, all the legends out there. Uh, that was kind of cool. I mean, I thought it was really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I do think this sport needs to do a better job of honoring its past. And by this sport, I'm talking about the UFC. Sure. The UFC, well, yeah. we're we're on the th- we're, we're they're keep talking about it's the 30th anniversary, and I thought they were doing a bunch of like showing like special old highlights of stuff, like because it's the 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. like cool shit that's happened, and like for like Black and you know, I'll be honest, Mark, this is their relationship they have with their ex fighters. When they were showing like the Black History Month package, and I saw Demetrius mm-hmm. in it, and he landed and he mm-hmm. did some cool shit in it, and I was just like, I'm surprised they showed him. Like I was, that's where mm-hmm. they're at with some of these guys. I'm just like, they almost don't want to be treated like some of these guys to exist. You know, so like, yeah. I think they need to be better yeah. about like, I thought that was really cool. I mean, look, strike. I mean, I I think I criticize out of all the most Scott Coker's willingness to wish it's 1999 all over again. But like, mm-hmm. they, I'd like that they did that. I like that we had a, we had, we pay some tribute to the old guys. You know, it's all the other sports seem to manage to do that. And I think it'd be great if, you know, we're in the 30th anniversary of the UFC. They got how many months till it's actually 30 years, buddy? What are we at? Like. When did this start? Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't. Because I had the thirty in the yeah, corner but, now, I mean, but I think it was like fall. I think. Yeah, or it might have been. I think it's summer. Yeah, but or I'm something. saying like, I don't know. Let's bend, let's mend some fences. I'm not saying you got to get Frank Shamrock over there, but let's get some like some people to show oh, up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's nothing new. They've always been very. I'm just saying it's shitty. I mean, I'm not saying on it's, the it's past. just shitty. It's like it's shitty. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just don't really. I, and it, it's kind of always been that way. They, they've always and Dana has said so much in interviews where it's kind of like 
I'm not interested in like the past and like reveling in like you know what we've done or the stars we made because the thing is is like the U we talked about this in the previous week the UFC is not interested in making stars they don't want you really to be like oh I like this guy they want to be I like the UFC and what the UFC does so they always are always you know showboating and kind of showing like here's what's happening now here's the stars coming up and not looking at the past and being like remember Randy Couture. Remember, yeah, Ken Shamrock, the great. I mean, sometimes the great. Well, like, like they, because... they want a guy to be a big enough star that you watch the show, but not so much that you would stop you from watching the show if they weren't there. It's weird. You know what I mean? They need right. you to get you. You're, you're there, but then you're like, eh, okay, maybe, you know, I don't care that much that this guy's gone now. I mean, it's. Yeah. And I mean, all, and, and a lot of it is these big stars, you know, they get to a point in the organization where they're kind of like, okay, I'm a huge star. I'm like one of your big stars. I'm looking at these revenue streams, dog, and like I'm not getting my and that's like Dude, Ryan Bader said he's making nine stars. times what he made in the UFC. That's what he's making yeah, now, and, nine and, times. And I wouldn't even say Bader was like a big star for the UFC, no. right? He was an up and coming contender who hit some roadblocks to stop his way to a title, John Jones. But you know, I mean, but when you talk about like the big guys like Quentin. Yeah, people who held belts, honestly, um, a lot of them kind of have bad blood because they don't feel like they were really getting their fair share. So that's part of them not. I mean, like to like Stephen Bonner died, guys. pretty broke. Like they built, yeah. we built this thing off these guys. But I'm just again, I'm not saying you got to do much else, and let's like make it a thing. I think it's November, by the way. It was UFC one. Like if we're gonna do a 30th anniversary show, that by that point, it'd be cool if we could like have the guys there. You know, let's have some of the guys yeah. there. I'm just saying, it'd be nice, but it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see who they get. Like, I think there's still some people they seem to be in. Good I think half the people there like still show. I think half the people still would have shown in, up that showed up at the in Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's funny is I was on that. I talked about it weeks ago, and I was watching that one guy's YouTube channel with all his old kickboxing stuff. I was on a Maury Smith kick, mm. and he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2017, and he kind of talked about like, you know, I have mixed feelings about this. Because he wasn't in the UFC in that many fights. You know, he got there. He had the belt. I think he defended it once against, like, Tank. But he was like, you know, most of these fans don't understand. Like, I was kickboxing for years. All the stuff I did in Pancrase. Like, my career is not really being honored here. It's just I had this one good fight with Mark Coleman when I won the belt. And that's kind of what I'm getting this award for. And he was kind of like, you know what? I'm, I've come to terms with that. If that's all people kind of recognize me for, you know, say la vie. But, you know. Maurice kind of had a chip on his shoulder it was like, yeah, I'm not really being honored for my, you know, decades of combat experience and fighting, you know, some of the best kickboxers in the world fighting in K1 fighting in Pancrase, you know, when, you know, I mean, then again, is that, I mean, what is the, up. what is the UFC's responsibility at that point? What are they honor? Like they got, they're trying to honor guys who contributed to their company too, on some level. You know, because what are they right. going to talk about? But it's like it's also that like, they own all this other shit too. So I know, like, but that's true. Just... They do own the libraries. That's fair enough. And yeah. um... so, I mean, but it's just it's just been their stance. They're they're not they're not it, oddly enough they're not in the business of promoting superstars. They're in the business of promoting the UFC and the organization, and that gets gets a little discouraging. Yeah, I just we'll you know, I just think all, the, all, I, I all these other sports, guys. all the other pro sports, do a really good job of trying to like at least honor their past. I think it'd be nice if this mm -hmm. one did that too. That's all I'm saying. You know, I think, I think it's just, it'd be nice. One of the things we can add to, it would be nice. Um, and you are right. One title defense against Tank Abbott back at UFC 15. Held that belt for 147 days. Apparently there was 147 days between UFC 14 and 15. It was not a good time, huh?
was not a great time. Half a year between UFC events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was some pickings. Yeah. Anyway, um, Johnny Elblum defended the middleweight title against Anatoly Tokov. It's a guy I want you to check out, Mark. I think you. I think it's someone you need to keep an eye on. Just putting it out there. Um, sure. He, I think he kind of got the rap that he just wrestled Gegard to death, and a lot of it was that when he won the title. But he's like a young dude. He's, I mean, he's 31 years old. He's 13 and 0. He's decently well rounded. Anatoly Tokov's a good fighter. He's Fedor's middleweight dude, who's 31 and 3 going into this, and uh, he took care of business, man. Overall, just put a pace on him. It was great. And uh, Brennan Ward and Saba Hamasi was the violence we all uh, accepted or all expected. And those of mm-hmm. us who bet on under one and a half rounds was thankful that came to, came to be. Um, that was awesome. Just beat the shit out of each other. Um, Brennan Ward's an interesting mm-hmm. cat also, Marcus. If you want to read his story, he's got a, like a lost like five years of his career just being on horrible, like just an sh- insane amount of drugs. Just not training mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. got his shit together. And huge win for Lorenz Larkin on the undercard here. Because Lorenz Larkin, this was not going great. Um, he got I mean he got into the UFC. I mean, now he's won a bunch together in Bellator, but he lost like a bunch of fights once he showed up in Bellator, and then nobody was paying attention mm-hmm. to him after him being a big signing. So right. uh over on the UFC side, we had UFC over at um this was the Apex. Of course it was the fucking Apex. Um mm-hmm. where we had Derek Lewis, the Black Beast himself, uh swanging and banging. Well, there was no time to swing and bang. Uh taken on Sergey Spivak. Marcus, he got in shape, but uh didn't matter. He got ragdolled for three minutes in this one. Uh yeah. He kept getting up for a while. Kind of- props, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Some of that felt like he was letting him get up so he could take him down again. Yeah, I mean, Sergey. His back control was reminiscent of a lot of these Dagestani wrestlers where, you know, they're really strong in that riding that back, you know, and kind of letting the opponent get themselves back up just to get taken back down. And yeah, you know, to Spivak's credit, the, the first takedown he got was really nice. He 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 got in the clinch. He tried to do like a knee tap takedown. And once, you know, Derek was kind of able to stop that takedown, you know, reevaluate like where he was placing his center of mass, you know. Spivak did a head and arm uh, takedown and flopped him right on his back. And yeah, from there, it was kind of just demoralizing him in the grappling sense. You know, like you said, Derek, and and like I said last week, you know, one thing that I've always credited Derek for is I don't think like he's a great grappler, but he knows when he needs to move his ass and get out of positions. And we've seen him on bottom in side mounts and mounts and uh, having his back taken and being able to get back up. And he was able to get back up multiple times. But yes, Vivek, you know, rode his back really well and just kept dragging him back down, kind of slamming a couple couple of times. He tripped him down. He kind of slammed his face into the canvas. And that type of wrestling is extremely draining. And I think it just kind of mentally broke Derek where he was just kind of getting thrown around. And when he made a bad move and kind of got caught in that head and arm triangle, he just kind of I think he mentally I think mentally all the grappling and him just being tossed around kind of mentally broke him. And then he, he finished him with a nice submission in the first round. We got some breaking news. Uh, OK. After a year away from the organization, mm. the UFC has re-signed Motown phenom himself, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee is back in the UFC shortly after hiring Ali Abdelaziz as his manager. It's funny how that (laughs) fixes things. How much is he getting paid? Um, I like Kevin Lee a lot. I honestly can't tell you the last time I 
I think he fought on one of those Eagle fight cards, right? Yeah. He fought uh, Diego Sanchez. And he and really beat his ass. Put a whopping on yeah, him. That yeah, that was it. But I feel like he has only fight since he's been gone. At some point, things took a weird turn with Kevin. Weight cut-wise was tough. He kind of felt like there was no one more built for a non-existent 165-pound weight class than Kevin Lee. Mm, right. Um, but this is a... Uh, this seems like a this I I'm 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 a big fan of this move, Mark. I think this is a big this is a good move. He's only thirty years old, and honestly, he was awesome for a stretch there. I mean, he lost four or five on his way out the door, but like the people he lost to, Ally Quinta, Rafael dos Anjos, Charles Oliveira, Daniel Rodriguez. One of those is at welterweight. You know, like I don't know if he can get his shit together. I think this mm-hmm. is not a bad idea. He's got a lot of career of career ahead of him still. don't want to count him out or anything, but I, I was always on the fence, right? I never really fully bought in to Kevin Lee. Now he did have some good performances that were starting to turn me around a little bit, but I was a little surprised when, when he did get cut because he kind of was a contender. He was a guy that was kind of towards the top. So his departure was a little odd. Um, Do you remember his fight with Tony? Back, you know? Do you remember his fight with Tony where like he had a horrible yeah, weight class? Was- and he was he beat Tony's yeah, ass. We thought for, we yeah. had staff. He had staff, and like he, why did they let him fight? But he fought. The, he won the first round. See it. First round, he mm-hmm. was beating up Tony, and then he was just done after that. And remember thinking, like, man, this guy at his best was a really good fighter. Um, and I follow his you know, his his brother on on uh, Instagram now. His brother, who is mm-hmm. super famous, just like Keith Lee, is insanely famous now as a food reviewer and like is doing stuff with Mr. Beast and yada yada yada. And mm-hmm. my brother's a big fan of his. It's I don't know. It's a cool story. Anyway. Um, we're back to this card we're talking. Sergey Spivak, when it was over, paid all respect he could to Derek Lewis. He he said, oh, Derek Lewis is the mm-hmm. man. I love Derek Lewis. It's a huge win for me. Really working hard on his English. I like that. Um, yeah. For his own sake. Not that I give a shit necessarily, but like I, I do think it's better, obviously, because, you know, this company is based in the United States. You want people in the United States to pay to watch you fight. That's, uh, you know. Yeah, you have more crossover appeal. Exactly. If, you know, we don't have a translator. Um, And then Michael Bisping, God bless him, really was just like, who do you want to fight? Michael Bisping was just like, who do you want to fight? He's trying to help these dudes out because Bisping knows. There's mm-hmm. no one yeah. no one was better in UFC history than making a blood feud out of just a random matchup. So he's like ready. Like, who are you going to fight? And he's like, oh, I want to fight somebody in the top five, six. And he's like, no, who do you want to fucking yeah. fight, basically? And he's like, oh, I'd like to fight, you know, John Jones or the winner of that fight. And because sure. it's up yeah. there. Like he's right up there. Uh, he just yeah. Well, I think he was twelve in this and one. He just and Derek was seven. Seven, and there's no champion. Yeah, so I think he should be in the top. He should be in the top ten. For I mean, sure. the other Sergey is terrifying. Sergey Pavlovich is the one that's coming for everybody's fucking lunch money anyway. Yeah, that one's. Oof. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, he's obviously he needs a couple more wins till he's really in title contention. You know, for me, the bigger story is just like this was a really demoralizing win for Derek because, you know, Loss. I said last week, you know, yeah, for, for, for Derek Lewis to, for, to lose is because like, I kind of thought his chin was done, but to now see him just get kind of out grappled so easily, um, which is something that he's, you know, he's never really been, you know, a great grappler or anti grappler or anything like that. But now we're seeing, you know, potentially the chin's gone. If you can outwork him wrestling, he'll kind of give up in that regard. It's kind of been, just been, it's a new wrinkle to how he's been losing. Cause it's one thing to be like, well, dude gets in firefights. He's fighting two sixty fivers, you know, when you're sitting in the pocket 
you know, slinging and banging, as he likes to say, mm. it's just as easy to, to get caught as, as it is to catch somebody. But now it's like, well, this guy kind of just threw you around and, you know, within, you know, two, three minutes of, of combat wrestling, it kind of gave up a head and arm triangle. You know, it's, it's not a good look. So it, I, I did hear Dana after was like, Derek's not getting cut. I love the guy, which is kind of like, you know, oh, I, like, I, well, I don't think they would cut him. I don't think they're going to cut him like that, but I did think like he might want to, st- I mean, our, uh, our buddy, uh, Yuri, who's been on the show before, was saying mm-hmm. hey, he was with us this uh, past week uh, for a work thing, and he was thinking, man, Derek loses this fight, he might retire. And I don't think yeah, I, I wouldn't have been shocked. I just think like it's weird. He's like, here's the thing: he's not too. I can't. You can't say he's too old because it's heavyweight <laughs> sure, and he's 37. Yeah, yeah. And Andre Arlovsky is still somehow out there. That's my that's my point for everybody. Like <laughs> Andre Arlovsky was chinny. 12 years ago, but now we're here. Um, yeah, I don't think he's like the rule. But. No, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, he can still make some stuff happen. Um, if he wants to keep going, keep going. He gets paid a lot of money. People like Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got the most knockouts in UFC history, I think, period. And obviously the most heavyweight history, yep. Uh, tied with Frank Mir for the most finishes in UFC heavyweight history. His, his name is all over the record books. He's got 26 mm-hmm. wins, 21 are by knockout. That's insane. Like that is an insane percentage of of like knockouts. Um, but he's getting he's getting dusted by these kids, man. I'm saying kids. I mean Ty, yeah. Sergey, and Sergey. They're they're putting him down. He, yeah, so he it needs is a gimme like, if you want him to stick around. He needs a he needs a easier yeah, one. What what do you do with him, right? But he he does command you know whatever his paycheck is. You know that he's not going to be fighting. I mean it's tough because like he's either has to fight guys in the top fifteen, which I kind of think is still where he's at. Um, I think some people were talking about him fighting, um, was it Rocha, um, could be interesting, but it's also like, well, then if you don't go that route and he's going to fight, you know, people unranked, is that much better? Is he going to be fighting young kids that are just like, you know, I was going to say, this, this is a job, this a is a job game? for Blagoy, but they've already fought once, but I think this, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you give him to 15 minutes with Blagoy, get a W again. I don't know. Yeah, but he needs a win, right? He definitely needs to correct course, get a W, get a big knockout, get some momentum back in his his way because it's been not going so well. Um, Devin Clark was kind of set up to lose this fight. He was a big underdog. Didn't matter. He didn't give a fuck. He taught this. He taught uh, Jung Daun what wrestling's like. Um, Marcin and Blagoy. For all week, I'm telling you, buddy. Yo, this fight going to decisions only minus two hundred. Marcin mm-hmm. doesn't knock anybody, doesn't uh, get, uh, Blagoy doesn't get knocked out, and Marcin has no submission ability, so uh, this is going to decision for sure. Mm-hmm. These guys hit each other a lot, I got dicey for a moment, and like early on, I'm like, Blagoy's here, Blagoy's not going anywhere, and he didn't. So um, yeah, Marcin needed that win, um, I don't think it was going super well, if I'm not mistaken with Marcin, ah, he, ba- he bounced back. Um, Marcin gets up to this, gets this around this area, then he loses, basically. You know, <laughs> you give him a guy that's a little better. Give him a guy number six or so, and he's going to... I mean, did he fight, has he fought Derek Lewis? That might be the... Oh, he already lost to Derek Lewis. That was five years ago, though. That might not be the worst matchup here, necessarily. What do you think, Marcin and Derek? Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's not... It's not the most exciting fight, but yeah, like we said, you know, Derek kind of needs wins. He needs to fight. So, I mean, and you're saying him and Marcin, yeah. who just won. I mean, I don't I know. Mean, the, the trajectories might be a little off, but I mean, yeah, they, they have options with Derek. It's just, you know, I feel like you do kind of need him to, to get a win. And, and, and Marcin could be that guy, but 
could be tough. And then a duo, a duo, kind of got. Yeah, he got screwed. What was that? Okay, that was that giving him a taking a point away from the headbutt. That was a little. Okay, I didn't see it. I just heard that it was bad. It was. I see it's a draw here. His head went down and it did hit him, but I don't. That did not seem like it was a necessary thing to. Mm-hmm. Like it was intentional. Yeah. Of all the times to really make a hard stand, I'm like, why don't you do that with fence grabs and stuff, bro? Like, we're actually going to make an impact. But, uh, yeah. Um, and Adam Fugit was a huge underdog, and he got a win there. So, big win for him. I have no idea if these guys who won this road to the UFC shit, we should be excited about. I was not paying attention, to be honest. Uh, UFC's back sure. next week for the pay-per-view at the UFC 284. Um, week after that, they move the main event uh, off of the card, moved it away. It was supposed to be Marlon Vera and Cheeto, uh, Marlon, Cheeto Vera mm-hmm. and um, Corey Sandhagen. Um, and now instead, we're going to have Aaron Blanchfield and Talia Santos full in five rounds, which I love Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, all ab- big- I'm all aboard Aaron Blanchfield hype train. Um, mm-hmm. This seems like a real short notice to tell them you're going five rounds instead of three, though. And it's a big fight, you know, um, Talia Santos, you know, a lot of people thought she did very good against Valentino. A lot of people potentially thought she won that fight. A lot of people wanted to see that rematch. So, you know, if Aaron can beat her, I think it says a lot. And yeah, same way right, right now, I, I'm picking her. Mm-hmm. I got Aaron Blanchfield. I am picking Aaron Blanchfield, Blanchfield yeah. is going to be the champion of this weight class. I know she beat up Molly McCann and that's not like, despite... Let me tell you, though the people in the audience seem to think Molly had a chance, Mike and I are sitting there like, this is going to be a sl- fucking slaughter. And it was. Um, I think she is so good. And I'm trying to see if I can see the lines even out there for this card. Now, of course, why would there be a line a week away? Yeah, um, not yet. We have a line for Connor and Michael Chandler, by the way. It's a pick em. Mm. Minus 110, mm-hmm. minus 10. We'll get to that in a minute here. Um, but yeah, fuck it. We might as well get into it now because that's where we're at. We're at the fight news stuff. Uh, we got mm-hmm. ourselves uh, Conor McGregor going to be on Tough, Mark. He's going to coach Tough on ESPN. I think we need to put aside how you and me think Tough is a waste of everybody's time entirely. Um, I don't think this show's mm-hmm. been for us for 20 years uh, or when did it come out. So let's say 15 years hasn't been for us. I've heard a couple of arguments and I want to know where you start, where you fall on it. Because there's one argument which I saw, which was like, we we need Conor McGregor you want him to save Conor McGregor being a, being like on TV and stuff. You want to save it for a pay-per-view. You don't want to blow the Conor McGregor wad early. You want people to pay for the pay-per-view when he ultimately fights Michael Chandler. The other end of it is like, hey, man, we need Conor McGregor to just be on TV involved in fights and not stupid other shit that he's been involved with for the last two years or whenever since he broke his leg. And him just being mm-hmm. there as a coach, and it was funny last time, and it had some good moments, and he knows what the cameras do, and he'll... They'll make it entertaining for the general public. It's good for that. Um, where are you on that in the spectrum there? What are your thoughts on this? You know, what he's doing here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do in general. am kind of disinterested in the ultimate fighter like as a product. It doesn't hold much interest in me anymore. But I, I, I do think there's some appeal here because I, I like the things you said with Connor, I think are true is like, He's going to make that show more interesting than when it was Amanda Nunes and um, Julia Pennington. God, why am I forgetting her name? Juliana Pena. Pena. Juliana Pena. Yeah, like that. Like a lot of the seasons, it's just like, well, these two coaches aren't really known for like entertaining you outside of their fight mm-hmm. abilities, right? It's like them trash talking or 
does Dana still do the weird like, oh, we're gonna have these guys play basketball or whatever the crap they do? For I don't know. But they should have stopped I mean, that ever uh, right after Forrest kicked Rampage's ass in three point shooting. That should have been the last one. Okay, that <laughs> sure. was the best one. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, it, it, the product itself is just it's been a, it's been around for so long, and and personally for us, it's like reality TV just doesn't hold a lot of merit. But I do think it to your point, I think it would be good for Connor to get in a competition where he's potentially coaching people because. You know, when he did it with Uriah, you saw like he, from what I recall, it seemed like he really cared about the fighters and he was, he was kind of invested in the competition and he was successful there. And I think that's kind of what they need to do. They need to show Connor being successful because so far it has been a lot of like, not saying he's not successful outside of the UFC. He's obviously been making money with his uh, brands and stuff and with his liquor company, but there's also a lot of the stigma of like, yeah, all the personal stuff he's getting into punching the man at the bar the boat um, shit. Who is whatever, his friend? Whatever happened? The lady, the lady fled from the boat, jumping off the boat. Yeah, the boat. So we don't even know what's going his, on there. Like, there's a his lot. His teammate suing him over the company, and like, even though he won that lawsuit, it's just been a lot of stuff where it's just like not about fighting. They're not. There's no not fighting. Yeah, they're related. not fighting, mm-hmm. and they're not W's, right? Like these these aren't things where he's like winning and coming out looking better. It's just coming out like he's getting in all these squabbles and stuff. So I feel like having a show where he's going to be in a competition via proxy of like his team or whatever and is going to have you know this time to hype up the fight with uh michael chandler who i think it could be fun like you know chandler's not really known for shit talking but he's a competitive person and you know there's some appeal to the show like i don't think it's enough for me to watch it but i could see people that are still plugged into cable when they're flipping around Uh uh-oh they go to ESPN and they see the Ultimate Fighter, and that could be com- uh, uh, compelling for them. Yeah, I lost you for a second there, but I think I honestly I was at the um the I was first on the what the fuck this is a waste of everybody's time. What are we doing here? Why is he doing this? He should be on pay per view only. But honestly, the more I thought about it, I'm just like, man, he'll do a good job on this. I mean, I'm not gonna watch this. Isn't for us, but he'll do a good mm-hmm. job. We had a lot of classic moments out of that first season that that season that we didn't even watch. We had Snake in the Grass came from tough. When he called, when he literally spelled out to Uriah exactly what's what what's happening with TJ and Dwayne and what they're doing, like you're like that whole thing, and like made Cody look like a big dum dum. I remember because um, Cody's just like, no, it's not true, and yada, yada. But like we had the whole thing where he looked like a fifty year old retired skateboarder, you know that whole thing, and you know the funny moments and shit like that. And I think I'll be fine. Um, the fight itself, I think we might be on the same page here, where we think stylistically. Uh, Connor, if Connor McGregor is still Connor McGregor and can still throw like Connor McGregor and is still technical like Connor McGregor, he should be able to pick this man apart. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, we don't know if he's that anymore. So I think that's going to be the interesting part. Uh, right now, if you ask me, and I don't know anything else, I'd, I'd lean towards Connor, honestly, mm-hmm. which might, some of that might be like, I don't know, rose colored glasses and us putting a lot of stock in a man who hasn't got a win since Cowboy. I think, you know, against a guy fighting, yes, a, sure. fighting a guy who uh, won fight fought for the title a year ago too. Like, but I, I that's where I'm at. You know, I, I think I would lean towards Connor. Yeah, I mean Chandler has shown throughout his career, and even more so while in the UFC, like he's dudes always love to get in firefights. He likes to get in the pocket and throw down, and you know Connor's best attributes are his stand up is his left straight. And, you know, I talked about it before, I think during the show, like, you know, Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler, 
I think stylistically do fight similar. That's why they had such amazing fights. And, you know, I think Connor's best performance, maybe outside of Jose Aldo, who he just smoked within like, you know, 10 seconds was Eddie Alvarez. Like he just looked, he never looked better. And then in that fight where he was just able to like land all his punches and look really good. Um, so it'll be interesting. You know, I do think Chandler might be uh, opt in to do a little bit more wrestling. And if it becomes that type of fight, kind of like when I don't he think he's Poirier, do that. where he's able to ground him and, and tag him, then that he could does, be doesn't even fight he, like that anymore is a thing. I don't know. Yes. He, he like, even he does a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He still takes, he takes guys down more frequently than Eddie was Oh, fair. Like yeah. Eddie in that fight was really like, I want to try to use low kicks to try to stop this guy. And that didn't really work out for him, but you know, Chandler will resort to, takedowns but it's usually after he gets in the pocket and throws some punches right like he's gonna he's gonna scrap with you a bit and then once you kind of buy into that then he'll try to shoot a power double so i mean he has those attributes to to make this a bad fight for connor but on the feet i think potentially connor you know could do a lot of damage but again it's like where is connor at we haven't seen that kind of precision or that kind of damage that he's put on anyone in quite some time so Uh, it's compelling it's it's a compelling i I, you know it's interesting i think i do think Connor still loves this. And I don't say that. I don't think he, I don't think this is, he just wants the attention is why he's still doing this. I think he still loves this. And I think you see that from the fact that he just tweets about fights constantly about like random guys, performances and stuff. And he's watching all these fight cards still, and he's still part of the thing. And I'm not so cynical to think that he's just trying to get eyes on his tweets at this point. I do think he still likes this and still, this is what he did. And this is how he became a rich man. And he's still, Fucking younger than me and you. What is he? 33, 32, yeah. something like that. Like, like yeah, I think he still has a passion for the sport. I guess he's got one more I run. Do, I think, in my opinion, one more push he can make. But I do feel like a lot of this, like him kind of, you know, kicking back in Twitter and kind of analyzing like, Oh, I loved how this guy fought or whatever. Like it held more merit when he was top dog, you know, now that it's like, yeah, you know, like your, your analysis doesn't carry as much weight because you're not performing as highly so I think like it's two part. Like, yeah, I don't think he's just doing it for the money, right? Because mm-hmm. at this point, he has enough fame and clout that he can generate money without having to be in the fight game. I do think he still has a passion for the sport, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he's coming back and that, you know, his injuries hasn't haven't completely deterred him. Because I think for a lot of people in, in that same position, it would be like, I've done enough. You know, the goals I set out to do when I first got into sport, I've hit, I've met, and then I've made my money and I could, you know get out of the business and still be able to, you know, live comfortably. But like, I do think there's a fire inside of him and it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be tough to see if that fire is going to be enough to get him in shape and in the ability to fight someone like Chandler, who, you know, admittedly has had a decent run in the UFC because he's gotten some high profile fights, but I would think he would admit like it hasn't really gone how he pictured. Right. I think he's one for, three or so because i know he lost to gaichi i know he lost to charles Oliveira. was there another one in there did he beat he beat tony well i think he's still getting pretty big fights i think actually i'm not saying he's not like he's not gotten the championship and he's won a colossal couple of these fights but like i think he's getting everything he wants out of this weirdly not without winning i think his star power is bigger than Mm. i think maybe even he could have imagined because like he came over with a lot of buzz like i was surprised just like how I mean, I think I think he came over with some heat on him, and then some of his performances and his fights have kind of shown fans very quickly, like, oh, this is someone that I may not have known when he was in Bellator, but since the UFC, 
he's put on really good fights. I mean, Bob, is that is that right? Is he is he two and two? I think that's right. He beat Hooker and he beat he beat uh, oh yeah because he beat it Ferguson, might be two and right? three. He, he old Mandum. He lost the she lost the Chucky Olives. He lost uh, yeah, Dustin. Yeah, he lost the Gaethje. And he lost to Dustin. Remember? Yeah. So three, two and oh, three. He lost to Dustin. Where Dustin I called him a dirty motherfucker fight. for all the stuff he was doing. Right. <laughs> and, but I would say all those fights, fucking good fights. Yeah, no, he's those just he's just fucking fights. biting down on his mouth guard and being like, "We're gonna fucking throw throw down here, man." Yeah, like, let's go. So I mean, I think I think yeah, I think he's earned a lot of his fame and. They're saying and Labor yeah, Day, maybe Connors, like or fallish. I think that's what they're saying. Maybe Labor Day for this thing okay. ballpark. Sure. I'm assuming Vegas. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's intriguing. And, uh, you know, and and the rumors before with him and Ferguson, I thought were less intriguing. I, that that didn't hold as much appeal. There, I like the thing also because you know the Katie Terry Taylor Amanda Serrano boxing match from a few years ago, the women's match fight boxing box boxing right. match match. Yeah, everybody wants the rematch to be in Croke Park in Dublin. And I guess there's like a cost thing that they were trying to figure out. And Connor volunteered to pay uh, for like some sort of like the security or something that he he wants the fight to happen because he's a you know fight fan himself and he wants to get involved and it sounds like mm-hmm. Eddie Hearn talked to him and they're gonna do something where Connor okay. McGregor Promotions is gonna help or whatever is gonna help right. and I was just like bro that's awesome and I like and we never got if we don't get him fighting in that we never I mean I think the ship might be sailing on us ever seeing Connor fight MMA in that stadium in front of his people. You know, right. which is we're going to differentiate with boxing, but whatever. You know, different countries. It'd be kind of cool for him to be involved in that. And I, man, I'm I hope he comes back and it's exciting. And there's still so few guys that you can get really like jazzed about like that. And he think he still has enough in him left to do that. So, um, Arnold Allen's got. I don't know how he's going to make it into the cage against Max Holloway while still carrying those nuts. You know, Mark. I mean, he's going to have to fit him through the door there, like. Arnold Allen, take. I think you take a fight with Max Holloway when you're this close to a title shot. Props, man. Because I think they would have had to give him a title shot anyway. The more I'm looking at the rankings, mm. the other two guys are fighting each other. It's him. Mm. Like, he hasn't lost a fight in the UFC. He's like 10 0. Like, they were going to have to give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's still uh, taking it. I this. mean, I. I think you're right. I think he probably could have sat out, and just out of pure lack of options, he would have been. Well, I don't think he sat out. Like, I think kind of like, you know, I think I, I, I don't. I think these fighters get. I mean, look, I think uh, these fighters can get their way out of a fight. Like, you know, oh, I, I, I can't fight that time of year. You know, that's sure, you know. sure. But I think at the same time, when you are in that position where you're like, I am going to fight for the belt, or I believe I'm good enough to fight for the belt, and they offer you a fight against Max Holloway, it's like. You, yeah, he could turn down the fight and be like, oh, you know, I don't have enough time to prepare. You know, the schedule doesn't work out, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, if you're going to hold that belt, you're fighting Holloways and guys like that anyways. So, like, why not just get it out of the way? And, I mean, I, I think it is, it, it's ballsy in the fact that, like, if he loses, right, he may not get that. He probably won't get that title shot, right? Mm-hmm. He's putting that a little bit in jeopardy. If he wins against Max Holloway, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he should. Because I think right now he's in a position where he's beaten some high caliber guys, but he hasn't beaten like the upper echelon guys, right? Like he hasn't fought I mean, any of the guys that. I mean, Cater is a Cater and right? Hooker is his best wins. And like he was putting it Those on Cater, but Cater also got hurt. And I mean, again, he got hurt because of him. But like. Right. Yeah, I mean, but I, the, and, and the. Those are good, but it's not Yair, it's not Emmett, it's not Volkanovsky, it's not Holloway, right? Yep. It's like they, these are a bunch of guys that have fought for the belt, held the belt, what have you. He hasn't quite fought that. Yeah, I don't think he's yet, on, so he hasn't he fought could, Ortega either. That's another one. He hasn't fought Ortega yeah. either. So, I mean, he could wait, 
right and get a title shot and maybe he wins the title and then he has to fight these guys but it's like you're gonna fight you're, you're up at the, at the cream of the crop right you're gonna you're probably gonna fight max holloway at one point or another so i think he's I mean, yeah, if you, if you beat alex volkanovsky for the championship you're fighting max holloway immediately exactly right so it's like yeah, you know so, what it is though buddy um, the way he fights and i like arnold allen um mm-hmm. a lot of his fights go to decision it's not necessarily boring it just goes to decision he's not a big finisher Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what, like, how he'd have to win this fight for people to give him the credit he deserves, rather than people saying, like, Max is done. You know what I mean? Like, I think just like Max coming off of that last one where loss where he just got drubbed by mm-hmm. by, but that one where Alex decided I'm gonna try everybody on the best motherfucker in this sport. Period. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna leave any doubt here. I don't know. I'm wondering if he's gonna get the credit he deserves if he does pull this off. Because if he pulls off a win, if you beat Max Holloway in a cage fight, you get a title fight. That's we're we're at that yeah. point, you know. He's that guy, and I, I I have to imagine that's what he's thinking too. Yeah. It's like I could wait. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, because right? maybe he gets hurt in training, and then he gets passed over, and then he's forgotten. But it's like if I go in and beat Max Holloway, no one can make any fuss about me being next in line for sure. So yeah, I think that's what he's trying to do. It, it's it's a tall task, but you know, to become great is not easy. And I think he realizes that, and he's going after it. So props. Okay, before we pick this uh, pay-per-view card, one more piece of news I want to talk about is something called, which they're on the fourth event, so maybe it's on you and me uh, for not being on top of it, Mark. Mm. <laughs> I said maybe. Okay, I didn't say for sure. I said maybe. Game Bread Boxing 4 is happening at the Fiserv Forum in Milwaukee. Um, you're asking, why are we talking about you know some random boxing event? Then you hear mm-hmm. the word game bread. Yes, this is Jorge Masvidal's thing. I'm assuming he's not paying for this entirely, um, especially when we're about to say who's on this card. This is the card as it stands. And the fight's happening, well, allegedly happening, Mark. we got to say that because of the date. Mm-hmm. On April Fool's the Day, April suspicious. 1st. So we got mm-hmm. um, Pearl Gonzalez, Gina Mazzani. Gina's name sounds familiar. I don't know from what, but everybody knows Pearl Gonzalez from her time in the UFC and Bellator. MMA vet right there. Uh, we got Paul Daly taking on t- opponent TBD. Uh, the first, the women's matchup, six fight, six round fight. This Paul Daly fight, also a six round fight. We got Jeremy Stevens and Jose Aldo going to do it again in a whole different sport, guys. Uh, we got Jeremy Stevens trying to avenge mm-hmm. that loss to uh, uh, Jose Aldo, the known coup plotter. Um, Six rounds in that one also. Um, Jacare Souza, for some reason, wants to box. And Vitor Belfort, who will be on the finest of Mexican supplements and TRT. Uh, that's happening. Six rounds. And then the main event, Anthony Pettis taking on Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. Man, did you think when we were kids, and like we used to talk about Roy Jones every now and then, because we weren't the biggest boxing fans, but we knew Roy Jones is the fucking man, and he's pound for pound number one. Did you think we'd still be here? Like he's age fifty, he's fifty fucking four years old. Like no, I mean to be fair, I, okay, let, let's be fair. I don't think there's a lot of conversations where you yeah, were talking yeah. about Roy Jones when he was pound for pound because that was a little bit early. Like I, when I knew of Roy Jones as the best, that was like before he started moving up weight classes, right? And I think as he moved up to like to cruiserweight, and I stuff, remember like, the Tarver situation specifically a lot because he right, kind of yeah. got away for with one, and then he had to fight him again, and he got his ass beat. But that was yeah, yeah, that and, was in. Uh, two thousand and five, and four. Yeah, Those were the, the, the first tar- the first Tarver fight was November two thousand three. That's yeah. insane. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, to your point, like, yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. You know, like when you fought Tyson, that was kind of like crazy in and of itself. But at least it was like, well, these two guys are like, you know, they're they're in a class of themselves where they're what they've accomplished previously is legendary. Right. And has, you know, they'll be boxing legends forever. But at their current state, they're not at that echelon now. And that was a fun little fight. This one is just there's so many weird things with this Pettis Roy Jones it happening at all 210 pounds mark by the way is what he weighed last time that when he fought last fight was mike tyson by the way two and a half right, years ago yeah. 210 pounds the mm-hmm. yeah the weight the weight cl- weight difference is something in and of itself and it's also just like you know pettis was a good striker it's right. not like he was a good boxer there we go he didn't spring he didn't spring off the cage dude, and punch he, a he, guy. he knocked he out wonder boy him. one time he knocked out one dude with his hands that's true. and like that's true he did get By the way, one. you want a lot of fun. You watch Wonder Boy's YouTube channel where he, he reacts to getting knocked out. It's that. fucking hilarious. I yeah. <laughs> love Wonder Boy. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's just – it's just kind of weird. And then you look at the rest of the card. I mean, some, I, on paper, when you showed me – actually, it was funny because I just looked up MMA fighting right as you showed me that thing. I was like, this isn't – this is intriguing. This is an interesting card. There's just – like, I think that main event's a little weird. I think Jacare versus Victor Belford is a little weird. Like, Belford has been boxing. He just beat – um holyfield i mean and holyfield was like you know way beyond like when he should be fighting but like he still you know got the gloves on and put some work in and it's like chakare really is not a boxer like he had some success with his hands you know when he was fighting mma but mostly it was because people were worried he's yeah. gonna shoot takedowns on him it's like tyron so he woodley would shoot being a boxer and throw it over we're like tyron woodley's a boxer it's like yeah man this guy can throw it over and right because you think he's gonna blast w through the fucking cage door exactly like, yeah. yeah like I don't know. I also don't see an era scenario where Anthony Pettis is going to weigh more than 185 pounds. Even if that's pushing yeah. it. Yeah. That's if Anthony, like, so, just, yeah. Like, I, I do think the Jose Aldo and uh, Jeremy Stevens fight is really intriguing because I think when Jose beat him, I think it was with left hooks to the body. You know, like they were boxing it out a bit. It wasn't just a full kickboxing thing. So that's intriguing. The Pearl Gonzalez fight is someone. It's just, it's just weird. It, there's a lot of weird things. Let me, like let me just ask, ask this question: Do you think uh, hmm. the Paul Daly opponent is TBD? Because we're not sure how locked in Roy Jones is for this fight. Because again, he's 54 fucking years old. Because he told me it was Paul Daly and Anthony Pettis. I'd be like, well, fuck yeah, okay, I'm in. That sounds like a good time. You know, like they're I mean, roughly the same be. size. I, <laughs> yeah, we talked about before we we started recording the show. Like, I, I don't think come April 1st, if this card actually materializes and. We're ready to watch it on Fight TV or wherever it airs. Like, Fight I don't TV is the best guess. Going... <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing this card. I have to mm. imagine a couple of these fights will probably fall through. There'll be some reorganization. I'm telling you that Vitor um, fight's yeah, not you know. happening. I'm going to say that if I had to pick one fight that's not happening, it's a Vitor fight. That just seems <laughs> like, like the one is not something. happening. I mean, something's going to something's going to happen. Yeah, so we'll see how things materialize in the next couple months. But you know. Hey, hats off to Jorge and whoever's helping him. Yeah, I mean, if bankroll this, you got to find a way to get paid, buddy. So good job. I hope this uh, work is a financially fruitful endeavor because it's not easy, you know, to run any of these shows. The one thing Dana White always says is not easy to do what we do. I believe him. I don't mm. think it's easy. Yeah, don't think it's eighty percent of the money uh, worthy. True. But you know, nonetheless. By the way, that uh, the uh, fight slapping ratings really hit the fucking Titanic this week. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, we went from uh, people like, oh, the ratings are going to be uh, went really up. Are they on a roll? No, they're not. No, they're not. We are way down. Um, AEW did 900,000. And, well, okay. I mean, that's still a pretty good number for AEW. 
And uh, they lost 200,000 viewers, though, on the slap thing. So, which oh, is... So, was that seven 700,000? No, no. They lost 200,000 from the previous week. They got like 300,000 people watching that show. Oh, that's okay. bad. Okay. It's so not it's good. Like 600,000 yeah. people. Yeah, no, no one. Yeah, they, well, they it lost. it seems like it's been up, down. You know, it seems like they've had some good mm-hmm. weeks and bad weeks. And I don't know. You know, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing they're trying to, to do over there. They're definitely pushing it a lot, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see where that goes because... Uh, they're using UFC staff. That's the thing Luke Thomas pointed out. They're using a lot of UFC staff for this shit. He says he's more so than Dana White's other weird side businesses that got nowhere. This one, uh, they're using a lot of their own staff. And uh, seems like other fighters are noticing the UFC's diverted attention span. And mm-hmm. when I'm saying fighters, I'm talking about the UFC lightweight champion of the world, who, um, quite frankly... Is in the fight of is in a fight with the number one pound for pound fighter this weekend. I think he finds it to be a yeah. pretty important fight because, quite frankly, yeah. if he wins he's, this fight, he probably. I, I'm not going to argue with people who say he's number one pound for pound if he wins this fight. Are you <laughs> like <laughs> his criticism is not unfounded? You know, this is a fight that's worthy of a world tour. Is worthy of months of promotion leading up to this, and they're really treating it just like any other pay per view. Or any other fight where it's like, okay, yeah. They did they, they, the they made a weak sauce card around it. You know what's interesting? Someone just pointed this out online. I just lost it, but like the number of people who've watched the uh the countdown, you know the countdown show on YouTube is broken into segments. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. the Alex and it's like a day old, I guess. This came out like a day ago. The Alex mm-hmm. and what's it called uh, part of it? Um Islam, Islam part, nine hundred and fourteen thousand views. This is from whenever this guy put this image up half a day ago, so Probably more mm-hmm. than now. 914,000 views. The co-main event of Rodriguez versus Emmett is 59,000 views. Mm-hmm. And like, look, Josh Emmett isn't a star. Yair's not a pay-per-view star. They've made no effort to promote this card. Like, I, they've made zero effort to promote this card. This should be a huge deal. Like, both of these dudes should be on fucking ESPN on sports shouting with Stephen A. Smith. Like, Islam can do 100%. it. 100%. Islam, yes. Islam speaks good enough English. He's funny. I've seen him talk like on the, those videos of him and Khabib. It's hilarious, quite frankly. You know, mm-hmm. and like, is, and Alex comes off so well on television. Like, put him out there. Like, this is yep. this is huge. Like, Alex, Alex had to beat Max Holloway three fucking times for them to give him this opportunity because he wanted to be a two way champion. Well, and he's he's trying to slay a fucking dragon here. He's outsized. Mm-hmm. He's out everything. He's a three to one underdog. Like, I mean, I he might pull it off. I think it'd be incredible, but like mm-hmm. this is a huge. I don't think they've ever had a, the number one pound for pound guy in the company moving up in weight class to fight for another title. Like I don't think Connor was number one pound for pound when he did it. I don't think DC was number one pound for pound. I sure. I mean, there's. I mean, they don't have a separate women's one, but I don't know who else has done this. Henry wasn't number one. Yeah, like none of these guys were number. No, one. I mean. Like, I- Maybe, maybe you can make an argument for Amanda going up to 145. But I mean, like, but like that's Bobby. Like, yeah. I, when that happened, we were saying the same thing. We're like, why aren't you promoting Amanda Nunes? She's the greatest female fighter of all time, and you're not doing shit about it. You're just you're not doing any of the promotion. She's not going on Ellen. She's not doing late night shows. And this is a very similar situation where it's like they'll tout Volkanovski as the best pound for pound fighter. And he's trying to go for all time greatness, going up to another weight home division. Fucking town, and, like he's at home is, too. In his hometown, uh-huh. in one of the most like difficult divisions, I think the most talent rich division they've ever had. I think 155 has always Oof, been yeah. the most talent rich division this organization has always had. 
there's only been one other man to do what Volkanovski is attempting to do, and that's Conor McGregor, one of your biggest stars of all time. Except Conor did not defend his belt. He he got you know 145, and then you know ultimately had to fight Nate Diaz and lost that fight, and then yeah, fought Eddie like, Alvarez. He was wasn't a mess, fighting a guy with the or again like I know Islam's got a loss, but he wasn't fighting like I love Eddie Alvarez, but is Eddie Alvarez was like on a two fight win streak. Islam hasn't lost since Obama was president. Like, come on. Like, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, I think there's there's a huge missed opportunity. And it just kind of reaps of all. It's just so well, obvious I think, I think that the, the organization is a factor, too. Sorry, I didn't mean to come up. I think that I think I go ahead with your theory. I have a theory about what's happening here, too. But go ahead. Well, OK. I mean, I mean, I think what you mentioned before is like you can tell a lot of the staffers mm -hmm. are pushing power slap because I'm not I don't they probably have a YouTube channel. I imagine they have a YouTube channel. I don't follow it. I follow the UFC. And I've seen multiple. Sorry, I can tell my internet's going fuzzy. Yeah. Um, and hardly seen anything for this. You know, I've seen Dana White talk about. They're using power the UFC power slap. So you're in the UFC channel for all the YouTube, all the yeah. official posting. They don't even use their own YouTube channel. They're using the actual UFC channel for the power slap. Well, because they know they got views there. Yeah. So it's just it's just really pathetic that it's like we have this this thing that they created that a lot of people aren't that interested in but you do have this product that a lot of people are interested in and something amazing is happening on it and you're kind of just writing it off and i mean you can look at this card as great evidence you know they do have a good co-main event i think this co-main event is very intriguing and fun and, and has some weight to it but then it's pure garbage well i mean the like, rest of it and it's like well i mean like fairness mm -hmm. when we say garbage I mean, they could be all good fights. And quite frankly, I think some of them will be, but there's no consequence. Sure. There is no consequence of any of these yes. fights. No, yes. There's no stakes beyond this, this half a paycheck be, for these guys. <laughs> yeah. This should be what Bellator used to call. This should be a tent pole event. Mm. This should be your first quarter. This is our big nut. This is when we're going nuts. Every fight matters in this main card. People are going for title contention. They're going into top tens. Mm. Every fight on this main card should matter. It should have name value. It should have draw. This should be a thing where Gaethje and Chandler are opening the card, right? Because this thing's so fucking stacked. We're going to put on one of the best fights of the whole card first thing. And yeah, to your point, Bob, like I don't want to belittle the, these other fights because I'm sure they're quality fighters and you know they're climbing the ranks, but they don't have the star power for something like this. This should be, when you have something like this main event, this should be top billing. You know, th This whole card should be like $80. They're charging us too little. I should be like, I'd pay $120 for this card because it's stacked top to bottom. This should be a three title card. But what they did is like, well, we have a really good main event and we're, we're having an interim title. And then who cares? What you got to have the feature we'll, bout. We'll get our. I mean, they like to call it the feature yeah. bout. Where's our feature bout? Like, mm -hmm. and no disrespect yeah, to Jack. Yeah, no disrespect to. Um, I've, I've seen Jack Della, Della uh, Maddalena fight a few times. He's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. He has a lot of knockouts. Nobody's ever seen him fucking beat anybody. Like, honestly, like. He's he's thirteen and cool, cool. He's a young guy, but like I, I this is what you you put him in this fight in two fights from now after he's done a couple things, you know where we, mm -hmm. you know you do that. With Randy Brown, I think, came off the contender series and he's like had a here or there career. Like I don't know what they're look. This is partly what yeah. I think happened here. They had this date booked for February. They knew. All right, we're gonna put fucking probably at the time they're like we're gonna put Alex on this card, right? He's our champion from this part of the world. Hell. Um, maybe back then they were like, okay, we'll put Bobby Knuckles on here against something. Weren't they going to do that? Didn't they try to? Yeah. They, I mean, they did that Paula Costa now, bullshit. They, they there's a couple fights where they were going to, th that, that might've been the plan. It fell through. Yeah. Well, no, that was the one where they to told people that, that they announced the fight and, uh, Paula Costa's like, 
you can't. No. I I would like a. I need a contract. I didn't sign shit. They tried to muscle him into it, and you know he was just like, no, not happening. So, granted, that was fucking two months ago, three months ago. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, they should have pivoted. So but, I think they yeah, had. This I mean, date. this is where we're at. They're like, okay, it's the same weekend as the fucking Super Bowl. <clears throat> It may not be think people aren't gonna I don't know what the logic is. Maybe because they the theory that everybody gets together why fights watch fight cards, they're not gonna you're not gonna get together with your friends on fight card, you know, and order this because you're all gonna get together the next day and watch literally the most televised event uh, mm-hmm. of the year in this country. Um in this world probably. Uh, not really, actually. Cricket does better. But uh, in this country, huge event. So maybe that was a factor there, and like maybe they're like, Okay, we'll put this fight on and we owe it to Alex, quite frankly. Because we got him to take a third fight with a man he beat twice. You know, like he took a third fight with Max. You know, and he beat him from pillar to post this time mm-hmm. and put a statement on it. We owe it to him. We were probably, they were probably thinking we're going to put Alex against Yair or Josh Emmett anyway. It wasn't going to do that well. Fuck it. We'll give him this. You know, we'll get the hard course to watch. But like, this is a big fucking deal. We talked, we, we can't say this enough. This is a huge fight. This is the most important main event they put on in a while. Like, mm-hmm. they, they made up, the last two pay-per-views, they made up title fights for both of them, for the same belt. That was the main event in both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like, I, I'm, I'm very excited for this. I don't know about you. Like, I'm very excited for this fight. Um, I think, again, the co-main event's okay. I mean, my co-main event's a good fight, too. It's mm-hmm. interim title. It's a fake title. The winner's got a, <clears throat> well, here's the thing. The winner, if Alex wins the championship at lightweight, I bet the winner, this is just going to be the featherweight champion then. Like, they don't let you hold two belts normally. You know, they'll just make this guy the champion. But anyway, let's just fucking get into it. Um, We're only going to pick the top two fights, you know, just because, mm-hmm. again, no disrespect to Jack Madalena, uh, Della Madalena, Randy Brown, Justin Taffa, Parker Porter, Jimmy Crute, or Alonzo Menafield. But I don't know what they're fighting for beyond, like, there's, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what we're doing here. So, and uh, do we not have women's? We have, like, one women's fight on this whole card? What are we doing here? Okay, coming to you from the Rack Arena, which uh, I think it holds, I think that's one of the decently sized ones. Yeah, okay, 15,000 people it holds. Mm. Um, by the way, shout out to Islam Mahachev talking about Dana White having his own problems when he's complaining about the lack of promotion. Mm-hmm. Talking about slapping his wife. Talking about slapping his wife. Uh, I mean, does he have a problem? It seems like that got swept under the rug pretty quick. I just like... Dana White hasn't been at these cards recently, and I'm just like, if I'm a him, I would make sure. Like, by the way, he didn't get the memo, Islam, that Dana White's the one holding this whole thing together. Like, this is Dana. Uh, <sighs> dude, I get it. If I'm getting, if I'm getting five percent of the money every year of the whole of the of the of net revenue of revenue at the end of the year, whatever they're giving him, I'd like to show to my bosses how important I am. Also, but Islam pissing off Islam with that move, you know, making Dana White, uh, you know. Probably squirm a little bit there. Um, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. main event: Islam Mahachev, Alex Volkanovsky. I think I've teased that I was going to get my talk myself into Alex winning. Man, I can't do that. He's too big. Like I, I want him to win. I'll be honest. I want him. I, not that I dislike Islam. I want Alex to win, partly because I'm a little bit of an Alex Mark. But the other part of it, Mark, is just like I just want to see cool shit like this happen. I want to see greatness. And uh, if you have the number mm-hmm. one pound for pound fighter, is like. Not only am I number one pound for pound, I'm gonna fucking prove it. And this is the, this isn't even proving that because this is him saying like, you know, he can have the ten, he can have the advantage in size over me. You know, 
Because what is pound for pound is saying we're all the same size? I beat everybody's ass. He's saying I'm not, mm-hmm. we're not even the same size and I'm going to beat his ass. The line has moved. This was closer. Um, straight up. It was, yeah, it was, pl- it was plus 250-ish up until like a couple weeks ago. He's at like plus 300 now. Um, mm-hmm. Islam is closer to minus 380, minus 400, depending on where you're looking. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Islam. I just think this is the size advantage mm-hmm. is going to be too much to overcome. If Islam keeps talking about uh, getting a knockout and he's going to stand with Alex, I feel that's a joke. He can't be totally serious, Mark, because I can't really emphasize enough how bad of an idea that would be for him. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I got, I got Islam getting this, uh, I think it's going to go, I think he's going to survive, to be honest. I'm going to be wrong. He's going to blow through him somehow. He did what he did with Chucky Olives. But I, I'm going to I'm going to say Alex is going to survive this. But he's going to lose. Islam's getting a decision here. What do you got, Mark? Yeah, well, to, to let the viewers know, uh, you know, Mike Lavender Grooms also has Islam, and and because of that, like I do it, I, buddy. I think, Islam, <laughs> I think Islam's going to win. Mm. Um. So I should just pick him. It's kind of like, and this is kind of what I almost talked myself into last week with Derek Lewis is like, well, you know, everyone's picking the other guy. There's a way that he wins. It's not exciting if we all pick the same guy, but like, I, I think for this year, I'm going to try to win the championship. You got to pick with your heart and who I actually think is going to win and not just try to make it more compelling for the show. So I'll go with Islam too, because I, what for me, I don't even think it's the size because I think Alex makes a great, um, point where it's like he's been competing against big guys his whole life you know when he was competing in rugby he was so much smaller than everyone else you know he was a lot heavier back then too but he was just so much shorter um and he still made a good go of it and then in his mma transition because bobby i did watch a bit of that countdown you know i think he started at like maybe 185 and moved down yeah so i I don't think the one him going up 10 pounds is going to be the big factor and it's not necessarily why i think he's going to lose i think he's going to lose because Islam's style of wrestling is just completely different than anyone else's style of wrestling. And watching some of the countdown or some of the lead up, he's talked about some of the guys he's been rolling with who are like a great wrestler and a great BJJ guys. And these guys are like 200 pounds, right? These are big guys grappling with them. But like it's Islam fights differently than your standard wrestler and your standard B BJJ guy. Like the way these Dakistani wrestlers compete is just their techniques are just different you know how they get guys to the ground how they keep them on the ground how they ride their back and that's really something that habib i think did better than anyone i've seen in my entire life he just loved to let people he like because when usually when you get someone's back you put the hooks in you try to control them he just controls the waist and then the guy you know guys he competes against are like oh fuck i'm gonna stand up i'm gonna stand right up he wants you to stand up because he drags your ass back down. Rinse and repeat for five minutes. You're exhausted yep. because you're getting back up. You're getting slammed back down. It's just like this, you know, and then at collegiate wrestling, you know, when you, when you see really guys that are really good at the takedowns, they'll take a guy down, get two points, let him get back up for one point, And they'll beat them on points because they can take them down at will every time. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting to fight a takedown, to get slammed down, to lift yourself back up and then do it again and again. And then eventually you get tired you don't defend your neck. You get choked out. You get kimura You get pounded out. Whatever. Um, I think there's a good chance that happens with Alexander. What I'm interested in seeing is if, if Alexander could fend off the takedowns and he stands up, I think he does have a good shot. I think Islam's stand-up is a little bit underrated because everyone thinks he's just going to wrestle. He knows how to strike. He strikes hard. 
And the thing is, like those strikes lead to takedowns, right? So I think he he's he's a, he's a much more difficult guy to combat. Where with Alexander, you know, like his ins and outs are just super fast. He's super fast getting in the pocket. He's super fast throwing his combination and then getting out without getting hit. Like I think that's one of the things he's gotten really good at. And we've seen in his last couple of fights, and I think I've been most impressed with Alexander is that like he's not only just doing that. He's throwing harder punches. Like with the zombie fight, he was he wasn't just getting in, cracking, getting out. Like he was getting in, throwing power shots and getting out. And I think that's a big difference where he's putting real power on his punches and putting power on his strikes instead of just throwing stuff really fast to get in and out efficiently. Now he's getting in and out and throwing power. So if Islam can't take him down and it does become purely a stand-up fight, Alex is going to have a good advantage there. I just have a hard time seeing him being able to completely negate Islam's wrestling. Um, he's got to he's somehow be there. And like he has to get him tired or somehow. Islam's got to somehow be tired from these attempts or something. But that's I don't yeah, know. What, he, I don't know what he's gonna he, do. That's the thing. I just don't know how he's gonna pull this. I love it. Takedowns. I love it if he yeah, pulls it off. He stops the takedowns and he's beating them up standing. You know, but it, it, it's a tall it's a tall task. You know, and and like you said before, if Alexander can somehow do this, just beating Islam in and of itself would be such an accomplishment because the guy's a freaking monster. But if he can do what this he is says, some shit. and he actually. Yeah, if he if he holds both of these belts and defends them, because for me, that's that's the most ba- badass thing. You know, before it was like if you can get two belts and two divisions at the same time, you know, kudos to you. We've seen a handful of guys do it, but we've only seen one combatant dominate two divisions and defend that belt multiple times. That's Amanda Nunes. She's the only one that's been able to get two belts and you know have guards at the gate on both ends and defend that belt for as long as she did. Um, and if Alexander can do that at these divisions too, man, that's, that's legendary right there. And Alexander's definitely been a guy I haven't given enough credit to, but like that dude is daring to be great here, bro. Dude is, dude is, dude is daring to be great. Tell you right now, if he was just defending that title this weekend against Yair, who do you think is winning that fight? Let me ask you. Yeah. I mean, it would just be Alex. Do you think he's beating Josh Emmett beats him? Do you, I love Arnold Allen. I don't think Arnold Allen beats him. I fucking Bryce Mitchell had the temerity to say, Alex doesn't fight anybody. Like, f- that's, what? That's just, that's just Alex is the best fighter in the sport right now. Like, straight up. Yeah. And if he, you know what? He goes yeah. out there and loses to this dude. I mean, he, yeah, he's not the best lightweight in the world. That's what it means. Yeah. That's what it means. And it's kind of like what happened with Izzy, right? Like, I, you can't dis- disperge these guys for trying to do something fantastic, you know, for taking the risk. Because that's what we, that's why I said for so long with DJ is like, I just want to see this guy challenge because he's not challenged at this weight class. He's dominated everyone. And Alex is there too. So my hat goes they off. They got to encourage this shit, bro. Too. I don't know why they don't. I mean, look, yeah. I know double championship messes things up schedule wise. They don't let them defend both belts anyway. We both know that. He's not, they're not going to like Alex defend both belts. I know Connor they, they did. probably won't. They didn't let DC. Did they stripped DC of that one belt? They did the same thing with uh, Henry mm-hmm. and the flyweight title. Like they do it with everybody. That's the way it is. But like it, they should encourage this shit is like achievement. They should encourage this stuff. I think it's like it gives them something yeah. to like us to all work to all, us to all like excited about. And like, man, we spent fucking like years sitting there with a GSP and Anderson and, you know, begging the UFC to make it worth GSP's while, you know, because they're asking GSP who's like, just go back. Come on, go up there and do it. And GSP is like, do you understand? I got sponsorship with Nike. You know, we want me to lose. Like, what? Make it worth these guys' while. And I, you think Alex is getting any extra money for this? Nope. You know. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I think it's gonna be a, a banger, though. I'm excited for it. 
Co-main event, though, we're going to see who the interim... We're either going to see Alex's next content, next challenger, or the guy who's going to lead this weight class into the next generation. Yair mm-hmm. El Pantera Rodriguez taking on Josh. I apologize, sir. I forgot your nickname, Emmett. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Isn't it... Goddamn. Punisher? Does he even have one, actually? He might yeah, not. If he doesn't, I feel better <laughs> about myself, quite frankly, because I, I think we should. we should be the podcast, you know, out here close enough to Sacramento to know what Josh Evans doing. The fighting Fal- Falmer, that's not a thing. That's I, I don't I don't think so. I disagree. That is not a that is not a nickname. Yeah, that's not very. Uh, is there anything yeah, else we'll on Share Dog? Is there anything else on Share Dog about this? No. Okay. Exactly. That's not a real thing. I don't even know what that. I means, think that's so. someone fucking with his Wikipedia page. Um, Josh Emmett, man, on a run here. Five straight wins since losing to Jeremy Stevens back in 2018. Man who has had trouble staying healthy, honestly. Not a lot of fights during this stretch. I mean, it's, he's, it, his, he's got a five-fight win streak in the last, you know, five years. Let's put it that way. Uh, coming off of that very mm-hmm. close fight with Calvin Cater, um, I remember all of us thinking that could have gone. I think most people thinking that could have easily gone the other way. Um, Yair Rodriguez, a man who you feel like, the UFC was just waiting for him to get enough wins to justify giving him a title shot. You know what I mean? Just like who he is, where he comes from, the UFC's interest in the market. You know, he they did the thing with him, like, hey, man, you're going to fight Max Holloway, prove you deserve a title shot. And he did far better than I think we all thought he would, but he didn't win. Uh, beat Brian Ortega. Mm-hmm. Brian Ortega's shoulder tried to, you know, leave without the rest of him. Yeah. Uh, betting line for this one, I think he's a slight favorite, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yair is a minus 165 favorite to Josh Evans, plus 140 on DraftKings. Uh, give or take 10 points either side, depending on which line you're using. Um, Mike Scott, Yair, I believe. Mm-hmm. Marcus, you want me to pick first, or do you have know who you want? Is it going to affect you who you pick? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pick next. I already wrote it in the thing. I'm going with Yair too. Part of me does want to pick Josh. I, I'm with you out there because I'm about to pick Yair too. But I was like the same way. I'm on the edge of it. Like, <laughs> well, again, it's you know we 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 get into these scenarios where you know we we're all hedging towards one guy. I think it is really close. I think Yair does get hit. Right? He's not. I mean, I think him coming off the Ortega win is like you know it's hardly anything. So he really looked like his last real fight fight was against Max, and you're right. Like that was a dog fight. He showed a lot of heart, and then I think that's what's kind of leaning me to pick him is like yeah. he shows a lot of heart. He shows he can take a hit, but like Absolutely. the thing is, is Josh Emmett hits so fucking Oof. hard. Like, I think he's probably one of the hardest hitters at one forty. I think he is. This is the not this is the KO artist of this weight class. I think it's him. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, part of me wants to pick Josh because I do think Yair is hittable, and if he gets hands on him, he could put him out. But like, I do think Yair is just a little bit more dynamic. I think he brings a lot more to the stand-up. And if he kind of mixes all that in, he might be able to fend Josh off. And Josh also is a guy who gets hit. I was going like, to say, he, that was my main thing. Like, they're talking about guys who get hit. The other guy gets hit a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just shown to be a little bit more durable. Oh, Comcast is failing us. I know. Mm. God, this is so frustrating. Um, but that, that just being said, that you know, I, I think they're both very durable. Um, I think Josh hits harder. 
and maybe I should pick him for that, but I'm going with the more dynamic guy to kind of keep him on his feet. Um, but I think it's, it's close. So for me, I'm a lot of what you said, I'm with you there. I, for, I, I think Jair is from leaning towards Jair, despite Josh definitely being more powerful. I don't think, I think Josh wears damage very poorly. I think he gets f- mm-hmm. his face fucked up in a lot of fights. I think there's a decent chance this goes to decision. Okay. And also, I think because of that, because Yair's tough to put away, man. I don't think, has Yair been put out? Has that happened? That's what I was trying to um, look at. Let me see if I can pull, I'll pull that up real quickly. I Yeah, he got a doctor stoppage when he fought against Frankie. And it looks like he got knocked out in Mexican Fighter Promotions 13. I mean, okay. Like, it's been a while. Some like, he's know. fought some hitters, too. You know, not, not only they yeah. hit as hard as, as hard as Josh, but, you know, he... he he hit some dudes. I mean, he fought Jeremy Stevens twice and gave it through that. You know, like Jeremy Stevens hits hard. Mm-hmm. Fucking zombie hits hard. You know, well, BJ Penn, that version of him didn't hit so hard. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, Josh hits really hard. I also think Yair has been in, like, I feel I've seen Yair main event like five or six cards at least. Like, I think Yair has been at the top of the, at least fight night cards for a while. And some of these, like, that last one was on ABC. I know he was an injury mm-hmm. thing, but like, yeah, a lot of these fights. Even when he fought Alex Caceres, that was a main event. Him and Penn was a main event. Him and Zombie was a main. I mean, he's been main event since his fifth, fight since his fifth UFC fight, right? He's been like that's his fifth UFC fight. Yeah. He was been doing that, and he was mm-hmm. like, "How old was he then?" Because he's thirty now. Like, I think the moment he'll be good there with that. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I I did not think Josh did great in that. I mean, he won the fight, and Calvin Cater is hard a difficult fighter but like it wasn't neither of these guys are coming off the wins i'd want you know honestly like yair's fight with max gave me is giving me more confidence because of how much mm-hmm. of a dog he was in that fight because i think like people question him sometimes which i don't think is fair given some of his wins he's pulled off between like the zombie one like that zombie one he snatched that victory from the jaws of defeat there like so i'm gonna go with jair here i, I kind of think uh the josh winning would be cool too because you know the ufc doesn't want it to happen like, you know, they do not want that. Like, <laughs> sure, the, the UFC's yeah. begging. The UFC's like, fuck. We got a one Mexican champion crowned, you know, last month. We got Yair fight. We get Yair maybe gets becomes a some sort of belt on the line. He gets a belt. We got, you know, by somebody, by the, by the grace of God, Alexa Grasso beats Valentina or something. Like, I don't know how close, I guess Irene, Irene's not finding Amanda. They, the UFC's just salivating at the Mexican market right now. And they got, they finally, like, the seeds they planted just with those shows with Kane, you know, and stuff. I think we're getting some, like, it's starting to, like, we're starting to get something out of it. You know, there's an opportunity for them to go, to do well in the, in that market. So, yeah, I think Josh winning would be kind of funny for that purpose. <laughs> that would be entertaining. But I'm going with you here. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a really good fight, actually, too. Given, I don't, I don't, th- I'd, I'd be hard for this fight to be boring. You know, the more, mm-hmm. I think actually impossible. Um, uh, the other fights in this card, I've we disparaged a little bit, but Jack Della Madalina versus Randy Brown, Justin Taffa, Parker Porter, Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Menefield. I don't know. Why, I mean, I don't know how they all they drew whatever straws they drew to be on the main card because I think Tyson Pedro has got as big a name, bigger name than all six of those other guys, just because we've seen him do some stuff. Taking on Modestas Bukowskis, uh, I don't know these other people at all. At all. It's like eight other fights. Um, I'm sure the people 
who get their one UFC event a year in Australia are excited that uh, they got sandbagged like this um, with such a shitty, you know, quality of card here. Especially since this is the first one since, mm-hmm. I don't know, the fucking pandemic. Right? Like, how come we have to, pre- like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like they're few and far between. You couldn't sure. get Bobby Knuckles to fight anybody. Like, it, like that was it. Like, just saying, there wasn't anybody just to get him on the card. You couldn't get, I know he's, I think he's from New Zealand, but we couldn't get fucking Ty on this thing. Like, what What are we doing? Mm-hmm. No, we, yeah. no, the Ty's going to fight at the gonna Apex. In, huh? <laughs> they're going to be in London in a few months and not have a lot of those big stars. So sometimes the calendar doesn't align. Exactly. Uh, that's it for the, but yeah, uh, this card's a little bit thin, but uh, top two fights uh, do seem to be worth your time, at least uh, in our opinion over here. Um, emphasis that I said, worth your time. Time. Um, all right. Um, guess we can do, uh, stuff we like and, Mm -hmm. uh, get out of there. I don't think I got much to be honest. Uh, I was kind of, we had kind of a busy week here over with work. So, and then I think the, I didn't, uh, really watch anything else besides, I mean, we're going to talk about last of us at the end of the year because there's no point in going week to week, Mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed episode three. So, uh, -hmm. I haven't watched four yet. I was going to do that today. That seems like a tomorrow thing. Yeah. It's people seem Mm -hmm. to like that too. seems like people like this show. Um, so, uh, and you know, it was going to get review bombed because everybody's horrible, but You've sure. kind of made reviews very useless to me now. So I guess well done there at that point. My review system at this point is if Mark tells me he watched something and he liked it, or if like Mike does or something like that, that's it. I'm not I entirely mean, going word yeah. of mouth now. Like you have to kind of learn like whose opinions you, you care about. Yeah, not the user there. score on anything. Uh, yeah, I don't basically think that's a good metric anymore. Exactly. Um but yeah, I don't really think uh I got anything um you know, excited for the Super Bowl, man. I'm not, not, not sure. you're not a big football fan necessarily, but it's a fun thing to watch. You know, you get all the, so we celebrate capitalism on the Super Bowl, bro. We we literally get excited for the commercials. Uh, I mean, it's it seems like it's the one time where like people because they have to spend so much money give a shit yeah. about their advertising, so they try to make it fun. Right? Yeah, like they try to do something that'll be you'll you'll talk about at the water cooler cooler the next day. So it's not so much because I, I I will agree I'm more interested in the commercials and the actual uh, you know. Uh, game itself, but I'm interested in the creativity and the artistry that these conglomerates come up with to sell me their stupid product. Exactly, so. and then, man, I remember—I don't know if it's still a big thing it used to be. I remember we were kids, and the, like the fucking like the Budweiser horses became a thing, and the Budweiser frog. Sure, Budweiser yeah. did a lot of work, man, in the late '90s. I remember mm-hmm. just between the, all the frog and all that shit, and the Bud or the Bud Light fucking Waza shit. Remember that? The that whole <laughs> sure, thing. Like yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, we're going to watch. excited for the Super Bowl. I'm a football fan, so it's going to be the end of the year there. It's a really opportunity for me to lose, stop losing money betting on football. But I uh, got bets on Rihanna's. Uh, what song Rihanna's going to sing first? Mm. My girlfriend is knee deep in the research. You know, we, mm-hmm. we're, we're thinking diamonds. And then in terms of the color of her mm-hmm. outfit, you know, we got two bets. We got white and then gray slash silver. The b- black is the favorite, Mark. We should say that black is the favorite, but we are—we right. just, you know, we think just, motherhood has changed her. So we're gonna see. Yeah, but it's gonna be fun. So yeah, that's—I uh, don't really got a lot. I got—I got things to look forward to. So, um, yeah, and just 
yeah, what do you got this week, buddy? Yeah, not a ton, a ton this week. It is kind of a light week. God, I want to say I don't like my fucking internet because it's been crapping out all evening. God damn it. Jesus. Um, No, game-wise, there is a big game coming out this Friday that I'm actually really excited for. It's kind of been a hot sec since there was a game that I was like actually anticipating and excited to try out, um, and that's Hogwarts Legacy. This is an open world kind of RPG where you play, I guess, like a fifth year student at Hogwarts. And, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, like, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I read a couple of the books. I've watched all the movies multiple times because my wife, Christine's a big fan and we'll watch them every now and then. And I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy the, the universe they created and stuff, but it's not like I'm a super fan. But everything I've seen of the game has been really impressive. Um, it's been made by Avalanche. Bobby, you, you would know, um, made the Just Cause games. Um, Those people make good games, and yeah, and from what I've seen so far, I've been really impressed. And then, as we're speaking today, uh, the game comes out. If you get like the more expensive limited edition, comes out five days early um, on Tuesday, but everyone else will get it on Friday. Um, but reviews came out today on the sixth Monday, and the reviews are really positive. You know, um, I, I think I mainly just watched IGN's review. I think overall on Metacritic, I think it was like 83, 86, which is pretty good. And, you know, mostly the cons I heard were like the main story is kind of blase, whatever. Um, It definitely has some technical issues with uh, frame rates dropping, some pop in and lighting issues. But the main thing I've heard is like if you like Harry Potter and Hogwarts and always wanted a game where you can kind of like walk around that campus, that castle and go into the adjacent town and kind of live that type of like life as a student at hogwarts like it it fulfills that fantasy and i think that's what's most intriguing is kind of being able to play this role as like a hogwarts student and having to go to classes and interacting with other students and getting picked all that stuff's really fun other games just haven't been able to really capture and it seems like this is the thing that game this game does really well is it captures that feeling of being at that school and then I heard like the combat's really good um, and stuff like that. So I'm intrigued to play it. I think it, it it could be you know quite appealing. So I'm I'm interested to play it. And that's really all I got this week. So yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. It uh, looks like nobody else. There's no Bellator card or anything. Uh, I think until they come here, maybe. Uh, no correction. They're going to Ireland first. But yeah, the next yeah, yeah. Uh, what we what we do have. <clears throat> is uh, a few weeks away from that one rematch of Lineker versus Andrade, which it's interesting because Lineker was that fight going to like no contest type shit was very lucky for Mr. Lineker. It was going very, very, mm-hmm. very bad, very bad, very, very, very bad. So anyway, um, be back next week. Uh, we're going to see if we got ourselves uh, a new lightweight champion, man. And uh, yeah. if not, we're going to see who is the next contender for Alex Volkanovsky's featherweight championship, um, be it Mr. Rodriguez, mm-hmm. be it Mr. Emmett. Both of those matchups sound like fun, but very likely, mm-hmm. sure. unless I don't know what we would see for me to not think Alex beats both of them. But anyway, um, until then, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much for listening and peace out. See ya. So yeah, they decided this was going to be bad a while ago, right? Like with the card they built here, like I'm just looking at it, like they just tossed a promotional thing on this card entirely. Like, what are these guys?
I mean, they they tried with Whitaker, and that fell through, and then they're just like, whatever. Yeah, fuck it. It's fine. Let's save our money. Um, All right. Well, thank you all for listening, guys. Peace out.